today on the Wager Pager podcast. West Virginia is a fifth state to legalize sports betting. Just in time for college football, we'll tell you where you can go to get some action in the Mountain State. That's right, college football is finally here with the first full slate of games kicking off this Saturday, September 1st. Former Marist College defensive back Jim Rulin joins us once again to make picks for week one. And we spoke with Chris Raybon. He's a senior editor and NFL NBA analyst over at the Action Network. He's also the co-host of I'll Take That Bet on ESPN+. We talked to him about the future of sports gambling media, some basic handicapping techniques, and one of his favorite NFL season-long prop bets. Also, there are two new mobile sports betting apps that launched in New Jersey. We'll tell you all about them and some issues we ran into trying to deposit money. And finally, CBS announces it will not talk about sports betting on its broadcast this fall. We'll tell you why. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Wager Pager podcast, where we talk everything in the world of legalized sports betting and give out picks and analysis. I'm your host, Mercedes Barba. You can follow me on Twitter at Mercedes Bianca. And I am here with my co-host and boyfriend, Chris Rogers. And listen, guys, I gotta say, thank God football is back because this guy has been annoying the shit out of me all summer long. (laughs) Hey guys, that's right. Football is back and it is lit. You can follow me and us on Twitter and Instagram at the Wager Pager. All right, here we go. West Virginia launched sports betting ahead of schedule. On last week's episode, we reported West Virginia would launch sports gambling on September 1st, but it officially launched on August 30th instead, two full days ahead of schedule. The Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races took its first bet, and the news broke on Twitter. Opening ceremonies will take place this weekend at 11 a.m., and the ceremonial first bet will be placed by legendary Washington Redskins quarterback Joe Theismann. How cool is that? Nice, (laughs) nice. And in other state news, Rhode Island pushes back its launch of legalized sports betting to mid-November. It was originally supposed to launch on October 1st. Uh, The Rhode Island Department of Revenue announced last week that it signed a five-year contract with International Game Technology and a commercial partner, William Hill, for a new sports book. The reason the launch was pushed back is is so that this new program can be fully vetted by a third-party gaming consultant and to make sure it meets all of the necessary requirements. But once it's launched, the state of Rhode Island will get 51% of sports betting revenue. The casino will get 17% and the vendor will get the other 32%. Wow, looks yeah. like we're going to Rhode Island yes, in November. <laughs> DraftKings had the monopoly on mobile sports betting in New Jersey for nearly a month. Wow. That reign is now over. MGM Resorts launched its app called Play MGM in partnership with the Borgata. And Sugar House, a New Jersey-based online casino, launched their mobile sports app as well. So the only thing is, I tried to deposit money in mm-hmm. all three and was unlucky all three times. Yeah. That's going to be a problem for the user. Yeah. MGM is only available on Androids as of right now. And you also need to be an MLife member, which is like their VIP club membership, right. which you have to show up on site at one of their casinos to join. That's crazy. So I don't see how that's convenient for someone who wants to place a mobile sports app to have to go all the way to the casino and sign up for their freaking VIP yeah. club I first. Know. like. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. They really need to fix that. And DraftKings and Sugar House are still only accepting MasterCard or bank transfers. So yeah. as a Visa debit card holder, it's like, I'm fucked. How am I going to make a bet? Right. I have to go to FanDuel where the lines are still not the best. They've kind of fixed the odds. The odds are closer to industry standard, but the lines are still a little bit off. Right. So that's where we stand 
making a bet in New Jersey. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully they'll fix that uh, soon. We'll see. All right, guys, switching gears here. CBS says it will not report on point spreads on its NFL telecasts. This is all according to Sports Illustrated, who reported a conversation that writer Jimmy Trina had with CBS president Sean McManus. McManus said that the Supreme Court ruling of the legalization of sports gambling only affects a small handful of states and not CBS's larger audience. Trina asked if a reporter actually wants to talk about it, can they? CBS president McManus said, quote, right now we are not talking about it and that's the policy. I bet that will change soon. <laughs> yeah, it will. All right, guys, we are really excited for this next interview with Chris Raybon, senior editor at the Action Network, who's also one of our favorite followers on Twitter. What's up, guys? Chris and I are joined today by Chris Raybon. He is the senior editor and NFL NBA analyst over at the Action Network. He is also the co-host of I'll Take That Bet on ESPN+. Plus. What's up, Chris? We know you're a very busy man. Thanks for making some time for us. Thanks for having me out, guys. All right, let's get right into it. Um, as you know, we follow the legalization of sports gambling. What do you think about everything that's going on? I mean, you know, we kind of knew it was going to be like that. Like, it wasn't going to be uh, all at once. But I think I think it's, it's going to be, it's going to kind of be positive. You know, it's, gonna, it's not just like one uh, switch list, but I think it's, it's going in the right direction. It's something that um, I know, you know, in terms of my career and what I was planning to do, even just joining the Action Network, it was something that I had to kind of think about think of like what the time frame really was going to be for um, for, for all these things to happen. So the sports gambling industry is a $150 billion market that's going mainstream right before our eyes. Like, what do you think about uh, where this is going in terms of the demand for sports gambling media content? And do you feel like you're like a Kennedy during Prohibition being involved in the draft floor like you are? Um, I, you know, I, I, don't, I almost kind of felt a little more like that with the DFS because I just remember kind of being, like, playing DFS when it was, like, like, I think sports betting, and, sport, and, and even though, like, it's, it's just gotten legalized, I think there's a there's a lot of people that have been, I'm sure you guys have been, you know, kind of on the ground for this a lot more than I have, I would say, because, um, you know, I just, I just kind of joined the action network this year. I think the demand for it is only going to, to increase because, really, there's not too many people that would really disagree at this point that... Having some type of engagement or involvement in the whatever you're consuming in, in, in terms of the content you're consuming is just more interesting, especially when it comes to sports. Because you know, even after joining the Action Network, like I'm, I'm a big baseball, NBA, and NFL, obviously, yeah, those are my three big sports. And you know, I follow a lot of the other sports, but not closely. But I find myself just kind of really following a lot more sports, a lot more closely now that. I can bet, I, you know, I'm just kind of betting on them a little more and I have more information. So it's just like, when you see, you have the more casual user kind of exposed to a similar similar type of content, I think it, it's only going to grow and expand. It's kind of like, if you just think about something as simple as Facebook or Instagram, where it's just social media and the content is literally just other people and other and your friends, you're like consuming their content, you're also engaging with it. It's the same thing with with any type of sport. Like, everyone's watching all these different sports. Even the most unpopular sport is just, it's going to be, you know, thousands and millions of people uh, watching that sport. So if they can kind of engage with it and, and kind of get some action on it and, and, and kind of share with their friends and go head-to-head and make bets with each other and, and whatnot, I think the demand is really never going to, um, not going to slow down at all. And I think the sports leagues, for the most part, kind of understand that. They're just trying to figure out the best way really to protect themselves and, and kind of capitalize off of it 
come themselves before they before they won't necessarily die at first. But I think that in general, it, it's only going to it's only going to expand once more people get comfortable with it and once it just becomes more more accepted. I think it's just the same thing with Fortnite. Right up. I completely agree, man. So 50 bucks on a game, have a little juice, get you involved. Exactly. On our show, we do like to cater to both experienced players and beginners. So everything's going legal. You know, beginners who may be getting involved with sports betting for the first time. We talk about how important it is to pay attention to the opening NFL and college football lines and follow them as they move throughout the week. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I would say that, like, I don't want to, I think, like, sometimes it gets overstressed in terms of just, like, following them. I think you have to know, it, it only makes sense to follow the line once you know what your position on them is. And what I mean by that is, like, mm. it, it's, it, if you understand that, hey, I have, I feel that this team should be uh, a seven-point favorite, and, or, well, that's probably a bad number, but you know what I mean, like a five-point favorite, and, you know, they're, they're kind of fluctuating between 4.5 or 5.5 or whatever, like, that's, uh, that's important, but if you just have no idea what, like, why, why you're following it, that doesn't make as much sense to you. You might just be essentially late to the party, like, if you're trying to, like, follow some wise guy action or, you know, all these different types of things. So I think just, if you don't understand fully, like, you know, how to actually uh, follow lines and how to, you know, how to understand reverse line movement and speed movement, all these different kind of concepts that probably sound more complicated than they really are, but, um, you know, if, if you don't fully understand that as a casual better, you know, just blindly following the lines and trying to, like, um, you know, go go in certain situations, um, just that based on that is, is, I wouldn't recommend it as much. I think there's still techniques you can use, um, and it's definitely... You know, I like to not just follow the lines, but more so the, the betting percentages. I think those are a lot more interesting because you can understand what 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 is like the if you look at the, the percentage on the money versus the percentage uh, of tickets. I think that's always kind of what I'm most interested in. It's like okay, well, the public feels this way in terms of like volume of people, but you know, is there more money? If there's like fifty percent, fifty percent split, but there's you know, eighty percent of the money on one side. That's that's something that I think is interesting. And I think that that's a lot more. That's a lot more uh, what I follow closely than the line, which is I'm just really trying to find that value on the line. If I already have a number in mind that I would like to uh, get it. Well, oh, very cool. Yeah, we're just going to be trying to like touch on on stuff like this each week to help like beginners out. You know, kind of just get their get their mind wrapped around this whole sports betting thing. Yeah, uh-huh. it's like it's uh. It's a lot to take in. Like I think, like, I mean, I think if you, if you're interested in it, for everybody out there, just you know, just Google stuff. Look, you know, check out you guys, check out our stuff, and like you, you can really get into it. And it's, it's not as complicated as it sounds if you're a casual fan, but um, I think there's there's a lot there's a lot of like nuances that you can kind of pick up as you go along that make it a lot more fun. Because you're not just out here blindly just throwing money around. You like you actually have some um, strategies and techniques and whatnot. We saw a clip from I'll Take That Bet uh, where you were talking about Saquon Barkley uh, prop bet, the over-under, at 1,100.5 rushing yards for the season. Uh, can you tell our audience a little bit about a play like this and where they could throw money down, uh, and where do you stand on the play? So the thing about NFL futures that are really interesting is um, I'm, usually, I'm usually the person that would just take under um, for the most part in, in NFL futures, but I think it's, you know, I always try to, especially when we, when we do the show, we try to find, uh, you know, interesting overs that, that, that I think people just enjoy betting overs. Like, the way I look at NFL, 
futures in general is that you have to look at the juice on each side and say, like, it's not just necessarily like, okay, there's 1,100.5 rushing yards, but, you know, what, what's the juice on the over, what's the juice on the under, you know, are you getting kind of, are you getting better odds on each side, but, I mean, the NFL is just so tough because of, because of injuries and whatnot, so, right. like, one, one top that I really, a uh, future I really liked was Brandon Cook, because his, his receiving yard future was, like, I want to say, I think it was 800 yards flat, or 799.5. And that's like over 200 less than he's gotten like each of the last two or three years, I think. And like I said, that's low. Yeah, it's pretty low, and it's like it's because of it's influenced by the market. So if and I think uh, a lot of people are probably worried about the same Rocket situation from last year, but I think it's a totally different situation. Like Sammy came over there really late; he was already kind of having trouble in Buffalo in terms of being productive. Um, just because of some of the injuries, he's having trouble with the playbook, which um, kind of came out later on. But if you have a guy like Brandon Cook, I, mean, it, I don't know if you could have two smarter coaches, with all due respect to like some of the guys in Philly and, and, and Kyle Shanahan and, and some of those guys, but like, when you go from Sean Payton to Bill Belichick, and you're in and, and Josh McDaniels and all those guys, and you're in those offenses, I don't think you have those same kind of problems. And then also, he's a guy who, he's just such a chunk to him. So, like, he, he's a guy where maybe he misses a game or two or three, and, you know, he's sitting there and he has like, two weeks to get, like, two, three hundred yards. He's a guy that could do that a lot more easily than most players because um, it's so, he, he picks up yards so, in big chunks that he's so fast. So, that, with NFL, that's really, you just kind of got to think, like, in that, in that sense and kind of, if you can, try to find value on hundreds because you're always going to kind of get helped out along the way by just the natural uh, attrition rate in the sport. And um, so I, I, I mean, it's just like most bets, though. Most over-unders, you usually end up finding value on the under more so than mm-hmm. the over, and the public loves to bet the over, and that, that will kind of artificially inflate the line. So in general, I would say, you know, try to find unders for these NFL futures, but um, every once in a while, you find a good find a good over that, that you like, and I, you know, I have no problem hammering it, but I'm also kind of degenerate, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How do we all... See, that's all we got. Thank you so much for joining us today, man. Like, it's been a pleasure having you on, for real. Yeah, so, it really, it really has. For, uh, for having me on. Very cool conversation. What's up, guys? College football is here, week one. We are welcoming back Jim Ruin, former Marist College defensive back, to the Wager Pager. What's up, dude? You ready for college football? I'm always ready for college football, my friend. It's good to be back on the Wager Pager. You know, just talk football. You know, something I love to do. Right on, right on. Well, looks like we made up for last week when we came out of the gates with a loser, a big fat stinker, but we, we certainly made up for it tonight. Definitely did, my friend. Yeah, it just kind of sucked that, you know, uh, a team like New Mexico State coming off one of their best seasons, national spotlight, everyone's looking at them, and, I mean, they couldn't even, you know, get up for that game. So what a shame. Yeah, fuck it, fuck them. That was last week. We're moving on to tonight. We hit Tulane plus six and a half. It was seven and seven and a half everywhere else online. But of course, we caught this stupid FanDuel line, six and a half. We covered by the skin of our teeth. One of the first times I've won by a hook in a very long time. Very exciting game. Did you catch the end? I unfortunately did not. Um, I actually was uh, at work, but definitely was trying to follow it as best as I could on the game cap. 
ass, but all that matters at the end of the score, we're on top. Right on, dude. Yeah, it came down to the very end. Uh, they scored a touchdown in overtime, and since it was pretty much sudden death at that point, it's all they needed, and they don't kick the extra point. I forgot about that. I was I was sweating that for sure. And then we also hit Northwestern, a small money, uh, small points dog on the road. We took a money line because that's something we like to do when a team is on the road and getting two, uh, one or two points. We like to hit the money line. That was a great game. They won outright. Yeah, I know when we, we first started talking about that game, we are just like kind of wondering how come they were uh, getting points and not actually giving points. But I think it was a good call to uh, play that money line. So good play. Okay, so moving on to Saturday. This is the first official full slate of college football of the season. Um, why don't we just get right into it and start with our best bets? Let's. Uh, normally, we pick like four best bets per week, but since it is week one and we have a uh, limited data exposure to these teams and and the players and coaches, there's so much turnover in college football, and uh, the games were kind of spread out over the week. This week, why don't we stick to three best bets? Yeah, no, that sounds fair. You know, I think uh, at least three games for this weekend should be uh, sufficient for us to uh, start it off. All right, dude. So uh, why don't you take the reins here and uh, kick it off? And what's your first game you're looking at here? So the first game I'm looking at uh, is actually going to be a late-night game, Arizona versus BYU in Arizona. Again, I know normally uh, we're not big fans of the favorites. Uh, right now, I was looking at it. I think I saw it at 11.5 points they're giving. Arizona, I think, uh, has a good chance to uh, uh, make a name for themselves in the Pac-12. Kevin Sumlin, first year there, really looking to kind of uh, put Texas a on behind him and kind of show him that he is a great coach. So just in terms of Arizona's team themselves, uh, I mean, they returned seven offensive players, nine defensive players. So you d- definitely got to like that. And with uh, in regards to uh, QB, you know, he's a junior coming back with uh, about almost uh, 2,000 yards passing last year. So I definitely just like the way that that program's going. And, you know, with the hands of uh, Kevin Sumlin, I think they can kind of bring him to the next, uh, you know, next plateau in regards to the conference. What's the line on that? I looked at it, and it was about 11, 11 and a half. Right on. Yeah, Khalil Tate. I'm a big Khalil Tate fan, dude. Uh, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and I, I do think Arizona is like a dark horse to a uh, Pac-12 contender. Um, all right, let me just get to my first game, one of my uh, best bets this week. This is one of my early leans from a prior podcast that we did, uh, UMass plus 18 versus Boston College. It is a uh, somewhat of an in-state rivalry, even though they don't play that much. They have a uh, senior quarterback coming back, Andrew Ford. I like the way he... Th- slings the rock on covers.com right now uh umass is only getting 31 percent of the action to 69 percent for boston college so as a contrarian player i would like to buck that trend um on action network interestingly enough umass has 36 percent of the tickets written but uh 51 percent of the money that's a 15 percent differential that uh, shows me there could be some sharp money big money tickets going the way on umass that makes me feel better about it UMass has 16 returning starters, um, and they were 4-0 last year against the spread as a road dog. So, you know, I like their chances. The, the, last, the last meeting between UMass and Boston College, UMass lost by 19 last time around, so it's kind of fishy that the, they set this spread at 18. It's like they're just working off that one game or, or what, you know? And another interesting fact here is, like, Boston College is 0-5 in home openers since 2008 versus FBS foes, so... 
We'll see if that trend continues. Yeah, hopefully that trend does not get bucked uh, this weekend. So, yeah, no, I like that. What's your next game? I guess the next team and game I like is uh, Army, Duke. Okay. Duke is at home. Army's getting 14 points. Uh, one that's liked about Army was over the last couple of years, they've kind of been trying to put together a good team. Last year, they had one of their best teams in probably over 20, 30 years. Unfortunately, they have lost a lot of offensive players, but, uh, you know, Army's always about that wing T, just run option, run, run. They're returning all of their secondary senior defensive linemen, so I kind of like the fact that they have a bunch of uh, returning guys on defense. Now, Duke does have a pretty good squad returning, um, but I just feel like uh, Army's just going to kind of hold on to the ball, and I think, you know, two touchdowns with very little possession from Duke, you know, just kind of hoping that Duke Army can just kind of hold on and cover that spread, so that's kind of why I like them. Right on, dude. Yeah, uh, Army was a surprise team last year. I remember them having a strong performance in the Army-Navy game to cap off the year, so maybe they just carry that momentum into this year. The next game I'm looking at, uh, best bets for Saturday, is uh, Florida International plus 10 at home versus the Indiana Hoosiers. Um, these, Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's a home dog. Last year, these teams were supposed to play, but the uh, matchup was canceled due to the Hurricane Irma, so they never met up. Who knows what would have happened. We are going to find out this Saturday. FIU has one of the most experienced offensive lines in the country and a very powerful running game. So, um, And they're 4-0 as a home dog last year against the spread. And I, another important factor to this game, I feel like the heat will definitely come into play on Saturday. The whole East Coast is going through a heat wave, and uh, Florida is like Satan's bunghole. <laughs> I definitely like that. That definitely was a play. I thought Florida International kind of, again, and then Indiana, usually kind of like a bottom dweller in the Big Ten. What do you got next? What do you got next? Hit me with your last best bet. I think my last best bet, uh, I mentioned it earlier in one of our earlier podcasts, Liberty versus Old D, uh, Old Dominion. The Flames. Yeah. So some of the things that I like is you got nine returning offensive starters, seven returning defensive starters. You know, they did lose their main running back. They were kind of more of a passing team with a, a returning junior, passed over for 3,000 yards. Four of his top receivers are back, so I'm kind of liking that. You know, and with Liberty, I mean, granted, they got some bunch of returning starters as well. Uh, I just kind of like the fact that uh, Liberty looks to be uh, kind of uh, trending upwards. They're at home. I, I even think they might even be able to potentially pull that uh, those dog points to a winner. But, uh, but really, I, I prefer to take the points and kind of play it safe. Very cool, very cool. All right, moving on, my, my last play, my last best bet for this weekend. I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm going to take the massive amount of points, 24 points with the Louisville Cardinals against Alabama. Wow. Jawan Puma Pass. How can you go against a quarterback with the last name Pass? But uh, And how can you go against a quarterback with a nickname Puma? He's in to uh, you know take over for Lamar Jackson, who went to the NFL. But this kid is—I'm not going to say he's as nice as Lamar, but he could end up being almost as nice as Lamar. He was uh, in some spot duty last year. I saw him playing like three games, and he's almost the same type of player: dual threat, hard to stop, buys himself time, can run if he has to, just very dangerous. And I think 24 points is way too much, way too much for an explosive offense like Louisville. 
And Alabama's defenses have proved to have some trouble with teams that operate in space in the past. So I'm taking Louisville plus 24. Uh, a lot of points to get, but Alabama can uh, potentially do that. The Bucks got to stop somewhere. I think maybe they're, Louisville's a little bit uh, getting more points, or not as many points, I should say, as uh, they would. Because like you said, Lamar Jackson now in the NFL, so they're thinking that all oh, that Louisville team is... Uh, Looking to reamp. All right, so moving on to a new segment we're going to be doing weekly here on the Wager Pager podcast. It's called Underdog Moneyline Outright Winners, where we attempt to pick one underdog on the money line who's going to win a game and cash in for a nice uh, hit. So why don't you start us off, man? See what you think. I'm looking at Hawaii at home playing against Navy. So this is Hawaii's second game. They had that big upset win uh, against Colorado State last week for that mini, you know, college opener. Uh, This will be Navy's first game of the season. Right now, I believe Navy is 0-2 in the Big Islands when they have played Hawaii. And the thing is with Navy is uh, they got Perry back at QB. Big thing is Perry is supposedly been injured, has a little bit of a foot injury. So, I mean, if you're a running team and especially a running quarterback and you got a little bit of a a bum wheel, you know, I think Hawaii might be able to uh, potentially, you know, pull off that upset. The Rainbow Warriors, baby. Yeah, they definitely looked strong last week. So if they can carry that momentum over, it would really be awesome. So I'm I'm trying to sniff out a dog for this week, an outright underdog money line winner. And what I'm looking at is the Troy Trojans. At home versus Boise State, they're getting ten on the spread, but they're plus three twenty-five on the comeback. I think that's a really juicy money line play. Troy's been a, a solid team over the last couple years. Boise State is primed to have a nice season, but I don't know if they can get up for a team like Troy in Week One. Okay. Troy's home at that game, right? Troy, home dog. That's a tough place to play. All right, cool. So uh, let's move on to uh, one of our last segments here. We are calling this segment Shits and Giggles because we don't necessarily advocate for parlay play here at the Wager Pager podcast, but like everyone, we do like to play parlays once in a while because parlays are fucking fun. So we're going to have a segment here called Shits and Giggles where we each pick a two- or three-game parlay just for fun and uh, see what happens. So... Why don't you start us off? What are you What are you looking at? What have you devised for this week? Uh, I know one game that stuck out to me um, was Florida Atlantic versus Oklahoma. Uh, I know Oklahoma's at home. I know they're considered to potentially vie for that national championship. But you got Lane Kiffin down in Florida Atlantic trying to create a program, keep on building his uh, recruiting resume for Florida. They had uh, a great surprise season last year that some people weren't expecting them to have right away. I mean, they're getting 21 points uh, against Oklahoma. So I, I think Lane Kiffin's going to look at that game as a, a nothing to lose, everything to gain. But I just look at Florida Atlantic just kind of, you know, saying, hey, we got nothing to lose. You know, national spotlight, you know, if we could potentially pull up an upset, you know, how we can really change things, not just for the program, but just kind of put the whole college playoff race into a disarray week one. Um, now, there are a couple uh, ATSs that are, aren't in the favor of Florida Atlantic, so I'm hoping uh, to buck the trends. Right now, Florida Atlantic is 0-8 against the spread versus Big 12 teams. 
where yeah, where Oklahoma is eleven and two and their last thirteen home games uh against the spread. So I'm just kinda hoping a little bit for, you know, everything to gain, nothing to lose mentality and then hopefully a little bit of luck and uh, kind of bucking some of those ATS uh, trends. So that's one of them I like. Another one um, that I, I know we were looking at before, I like Syracuse. Uh, I believe it's at minus five and a half. I believe it might have started at six points. Um, I like Syracuse uh, against uh, Western Michigan. Uh, right now, Syracuse is led by a senior um backfield, offensive backfield, and the QB and running back kind of coming back. Uh, they have eight offensive returning starters, six defensive returning starters. So a team that is typically Syracuse hasn't really been back in the prominence land, but a team that's looking to try to just, you know, make a name for themselves and, you know, against the Western Michigan team that I think that they should be able to just uh, definitely uh, take care of week one. And then if I had to put a third one for me, uh, and I know you talked about it before. I did like that Florida international game, so that could be a you know potentially a, you know a third leg of my uh, three team parlay if I decided to do that. Okay, very cool. So like we've touched, I'll get into mine uh, my three team parlay here. Like we've touched on many times before, we're not big uh, fans of the favorite. Um, so if there are some favorite plays that do interest me, sometimes I will uh, kind of lump them into a parlay just for fun. Uh, which is what I'm doing this week. I like Penn State, minus 24, big number, opening weekend. Uh, you see this a lot in the opening weekends with, with these big teams playing smaller teams with a big giant number. A lot of times they do cover. Uh, it's not necessarily a game I would normally touch as like a single game bet, but I would I would definitely put it in my parlay. So I'm going to take Penn State, minus 24, connected to uh, West Virginia, minus 10, in Tennessee, if I was to explain this pick, I would I would explain it in two words, Will Greer. If you haven't seen Will Greer play quarterback, you need to watch him. Um, I don't know if it's the hair. He has luscious lettuce hanging out the back of his helmet, but he really knows how to sling the rock. This kid is uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the entire nation, and uh, if things bounce right for West Virginia, they could find themselves in the Big 12 championship and who knows, maybe even in the college football playoffs. So, yeah, West Virginia minus 10. And the uh, third leg of my three-team parlay would be the Mississippi Rebels. The Mississippi Rebels, I think they might be changing that name. I heard something about that because of the uh, problematic Civil War reference. But uh, I'm going to take the Mississippi Rebels because they have... I'm big on quarterback play, especially in college. They have Jordan Ta'amu, senior quarterback, Another one of the most underrated players in the entire country. So, yeah, Mississippi plus two and a half. That's my three-leg parlay. Penn State minus 24, West Virginia minus 10, Mississippi plus two and a half. Nice, man. I'm being told uh, by my people in the studio that the Mississippi has a new mascot, and they're now called the Land Sharks. They're still the Rebels, but they're also called the Land Sharks, and they're going to be moving towards the Land Sharks, so... Yeah, there's that. After handicapping a week, uh, a whole slate full of games, a lot of times you're left with a couple extra games left over that, you know, you don't necessarily have action on. But if if you start winning, things go your way, maybe you have a couple add-on plays. 
Are there any games out there like that floating around that you have your eye on? Another game I'm, I'm liking is I like that Colorado uh, in-state rivalry, Colorado versus Colorado State. Potentially, I'm seeing it. I've got seven and a half points that uh, Colorado is giving. I just think that uh, Colorado State, after a heartfelt uh, home opener loss, uh, might find it a little bit difficult to kind of now play a, a in-state rival game uh, against Colorado, who, where the Buffaloes typically have a, a pretty solid squad against uh, inferior opponents. Uh, another game I'm looking at or I liked was I was liking the, your, your soon-to-be alma mater, Rutgers, who they playing, North Texas. The Scarlet Knights. Yeah, I really like that game too. Unfortunately, we can't bet it legally here in New Jersey. You have to go offshore. I might reload my uh, Heritage Sports account just to put a little something-something on the Scarlet Knights. So uh, I think I got a little bit of uh, the Scarlet Knight fever from you looking at that. But, you know, playing one of the worst teams in Division One football, I think Rutgers should probably win this game because, you know, they might not have too many this year in my opinion. But Hey, hey, hey. I don't know. Rutgers could go bowling. They're gonna be right there on the edge. Five, six wins. They um, are a third. They're under third-year coach Chris Ash in his third year. They're act- they actually pulled the trigger and made the decision this week to start true freshman and New Jersey native Art Sitkowski from Old Bridge, New Jersey. He uh, was originally on the roster over from your squad, the Miami Hurricanes, and uh, things didn't work out there, so he transferred back to his home state school. Um, yeah, they're, they're tough. Their defense has been steadily improving the last two years. They had three Big Ten wins last year. Hopefully they can get maybe four this year and a couple extra, and we'll go bowling, but we'll see. A couple games that I'm looking at, maybe add-on plays. You're not going to like this, but I still do like LSU at home. Uh, as it stands right now, they're getting three and a half. I truly believe Miami is overvalued because of the run they made last year. Um, I'm not a... Big believer in Malik Rogier. He's too hot and cold for me. One game he'll look great. The next game he'll, he'll look like shit. A couple other games I'm looking at are the big marquee Sunday night and Monday night games. I, I still do like LSU at home plus three and a half. They're not actually at home. It's at a neutral site. But I like LSU plus three and a half versus Miami. I do like uh, Vatek, the Hokies, Virginia Tech on Monday night. They're getting seven versus Florida State. I like that. And I like the Huskies. Washington, plus two versus Auburn. Now, you're, a lot of people are going to say, I don't know, Chris, that's a Pac-12 team going up against an SEC team. What are you, nuts? How could you fucking play that? But to me, Washington needs that game more than Auburn does. Because if Washington loses and then they run the table and go to the Pac-12 championship and finish 12-1, and they could still be left outside of the college football playoff. If Auburn loses game one in that tough SEC schedule and then runs the table, they have a much better chance of still slipping in. Yeah, no, makes sense. And Washington always has a great defense. Uh, you know, Washington has the potential chance of, you know, pulling off that uh, game one upset. Yeah, with Coach Chris Peterson, man, that's what college football is all about, quarterbacking and coaches. All right, man, well, uh, what's up? I was going to say, let me ask you about this. You know, I know you're all about situational plays. What do you think about uh, Washington State getting two and a half points in Wyoming against Wyoming? Ooh. The pirate ship captain, Mike Leach. Um, 
I don't know. What are you thinking since Wyoming looked good last week? Yeah, I just feel like, cause, you know, even when I was looking at the Action Network, you know, I feel like uh, they might have, like, an inflated number just because they had a, a you know, good opening game. But, you know, but I, I know Mike Leach, you know, likes to throw that rock, you know, old Texas Tech. I think they could, uh, you know, potentially even just win that game. So that was that could have been another uh, dog winner. No, I like that. I I do like that. That's a nice little sitch there. That's a nice little sitch because uh, that could be a letdown for Wyoming. That was one that kind of caught my eye, and I was like, hey, that one might be one worth looking at. Right, so you never know. We might have some degenerate special action tomorrow night. You guys can always check in on Twitter with us at the Wager Pager and Instagram at the Wager Pager for any additional plays that we put in throughout the week that we don't necessarily talk about on the podcast. So l- that's it for uh, week one. We are wrapping up week one, episode four. This is our best bets, our underdog, money line, outright winners, our shits and giggle parlays, and a couple games that we got our eyes on for potential added plays. I want to thank Jim Rulin, former Marist College defensive back and one of my best friends. We uh, started off week one with two winners. Let's keep the ball rolling, my friend. Yeah, let's keep it going. Always a pleasure. Uh, And thanks for having me on the Wager Pager. All right, my guy. So that's it, guys. Thanks for listening. Happy handicapping. And may the gambling gods look gracefully down upon you. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Google Play and leave us a review. We love to hear what you guys think, so keep them coming. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wager Pager. Also, if you or a loved one has a gambling addiction, don't be scared to seek help. You can contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. They're open 24 hours a day and all calls are confidential. Get pumped, get psyched. It's The Wager Pager Podcast. Bye, guys. Later. Major Podcast is co-hosted and co-produced by Chris Rogers and Mercedes Barba. Edited by Mercedes Barba. Created by Chris Rogers. Additional analysis provided by Jim Rulin. Music by The Morose Project, produced and written at San Francisco Music Studios. Logo designed by John Carbonella. Hey.